Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome. Welcome to this week's Know the Scene. This is, I feel like, my Marty McFly episode. Um, because I'm not coming to you from the future, but I'm coming to you from the past in your future. Uh, so this is a pre-recorded show. Full disclosure for everyone. It is currently right now Friday, um, but you're listening on Tuesday, and we appreciate that. Uh, this is Justin Dion, your host of Know the Scene. Um, I'm currently not here because I'm in Nashville um, at a booking conference called IEBA, the International Entertainment Buyers Association. Um, and I am uh, meeting with agents and listening to musicians and talking to other people in the sector to figure out who we're going to bring next to Kane Center for the Arts for our performing arts. Um, so, so we'll miss, uh, I miss not talking to you live, but I, we've got a great show that you're going to be able to listen to today. Um, before we jump in, I just want to make sure that everybody knows we got a big week coming up uh, here at uh, Kane Center for the Arts. This Friday night, October 13th, Jeff Allen, comedian Jeff Allen, uh, and he sold out. So I'm just, I'm just telling you he's happening. Um, but I'm telling you that because uh, we've already booked him back to come back in the spring. So I'm sorry if you missed him for this weekend, but go online to Kane Center for the Arts, kanearts.org now, and book those tickets for the spring because he is coming back in the spring. And then the reason for the season, the, the, who, for the whole show today, we're going to talk with really a phenomenal, I mean, phenomenal guest. I'm really honored that we've got him here. He's kind of a big deal. Uh, Christopher James Lees, uh, from the Charlotte Symphony, and because the Charlotte Symphony is performing this coming Saturday, October 14th. So that's what we're going to talk today. We're going to talk to Christopher. We're going to learn all about him. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to jive around, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the performance you can expect this weekend and, uh, and, and all that. So Christopher, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on the scene with you. Hey, oh, I like that. I like that. He's in. He's in. <laughs> Um, again, man, I cannot tell you uh, how, again, like how honored I am to have you here and in person too. Yeah, this is nice. Like in person, like that was nice too. I mean, some of our guests like have to zoom in and stuff, which is fine, but it's nice to have like you here. Face to face. It's like we used to do all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and again, like I don't think um, that many people really, and I'm, I'm just going to just gonna do this for a minute. Just let me do it. I don't, maybe, people don't appreciate probably the gravity of i think really having you with the symphony and having i mean honestly me personally today having you here like i really appreciate it like guys if you were to attempt to spend a couple hours reading christopher's resume <laughs> i mean you will see i mean christopher's not just not just right now the resident conductor of the charlotte symphony Right, I mean, you've worked recently with Branford Marsalis, mm -hmm. right? You you are with the New York Philharmonic, did, as well. Yeah, I did a concert with them last season. It was amazing. Yeah, I Dream mean, you you've been all over, Rochester Philharmonic, Houston, Detroit, Milwaukee, North Carolina, Portland, Winston Salem, Flint Symphony orchestras. I mean, Canada, Aspen Philharmonic. I mean, this guys, this is a a very very impressive. Very impressive resume, and really, dude, congratulations on such a wonderful career at at 
a young age. <laughs> Thanks for calling me young. I mean, you know, Saga, yeah, no, it's a ple. I mean, I'm so grateful to be able to travel the world making music and to get to meet so many different sorts of people and then take them through the masterworks and bring audiences along for the ride. I mean, it's really, it's a, such a gift to be in this job. Uh, I, well, I, I, I agree. Any Anytime you can, you can make your make your living doing what you love yeah you know and especially as an artist yeah right like that's 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 the dream mm. that's the dream right so well welcome man i'd like to take uh so today i want to kind of approach uh uh i'd like to start with just a little bit about about you like let's break it break <laughs> let's break all the resume let's let's break all that down yeah to you know where do you tell us tell us where where you're from where where did where did this resume Begin. Yeah, no, I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. Oh, nice. I started playing, I was in Rockville, Maryland. If you remember the R.E.M. song, okay. Don't Go Back to Rockville, yeah, yeah. that's the same one. Nice. Um, I think Tori Amos graduated from our rival high school, which is as close to celebrity I as know. Rockville Dude, High Tori's School. Tori's a big... Get. She's a big deal. Yeah, she is uh, a big deal. She was part of our youth, you know? That yes, that's right. Yes, component yes, yes. Tori, you were, you were Tori or you were Ani? Sometimes uh, I think you kind of be both. Like I, I was a little bit of both. I was Tori in high school, and then Ani in college. Yeah. is how it evolved. Ani, I I actually would t- completely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Man, undergrad Ani. That's right. Uh, little plastic castles, <laughs> like <laughs> classic, right. like just a. Oh yeah, it was cool. So yeah, uh, I went away to school. I went to the University of Michigan up in Ann Arbor. Nice. Winners didn't bother me, and watching football with one hundred and fourteen thousand other people felt like a big deal. Yeah. When um, and I was a pianist uh, growing up and then uh, turned to the organ. I played in churches for a decade. Wow. And my dream going off to school was to get a, a teaching degree, come back and teach in my old high school choir, play organ at my old church. Uh, and then the second semester of my freshman year, I heard a piece that the Charlotte Symphony is performing in November, the Verity Requiem. And I was actually singing in the choir. I heard it from the stage. And it transformed my life. I said, I got to be an orchestra conductor because an orchestra conductor is conducting that piece. And that was 2000. So it's been 23 years on this journey. Wow. And it's taken me all over the world. And and my dream uh, venues and orchestras and musical experiences keep coming true. And, and along the way, I had a son. And now I live in Charlotte and make my home base here and yeah. get to watch him grow up. He's eight. And so nice. Congrats, man. Being able to watch the city grow, the symphony grow, my son grow. Like, it just feels like a golden era. And I'm just grateful more than anything else to be able to play music that I love uh, wherever it is I go, including Cornelius, North Carolina. That's right. Saturday. That's right. That's right. We were looking for, and not the first time. No, this is my return. Yeah, you, you guys came in May mm-hmm. from a special Mother's Day show last year, yeah. and it was phenomenal. It was, great. and people loved it. It was, it uh, was a real treat. Yeah. Well, a lot of things. Gosh, there was a lot there. Um, I mean, again, congratulations, because I think that. It's such a cool story. One of my favorite things about this show right now is just getting to talk to, yeah. you know, people like yourself and artists like yourself and others who are doing it. Yeah. Right, who are doing it. So so I wanna I wanna break some of that down and for a minute. So so share with me, you know, cause cause you know, we think about some of the people that are listening to this show mm-hmm. and and others. And like, I mean, tell me, Christopher, at what age <laughs> was there a moment that you were like music. I mean, or, and, and what was that like? I guess, yeah. can you, can you remember back that? Like, so I have a formative memory from when I was four 
waking up early in the morning because my dad was an amateur pianist and he would play like church hymns and stuff. Okay. Um, it was sort of therapeutic for him. And I remember just so vividly waking up, my brother was on the top bunk, I was on the bottom bunk, and just hearing this sound and sort of drifting down the stairs, I think it was three levels, and then like touching the keys, feeling like this is really magical. Like, and I knew then I, I was attached to it somehow. I wasn't able to predict how the journey would go or how the relationship would develop, yeah. but I knew in that moment at age four, I was like, this is where my future is. And it's been able to play out that way by design or by providence, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's, it started then. That's awesome. All right, well, we're going to have to go to break. Yeah. And then we're going to talk more about that future and how that led to that right after the break. Okay, bring it back, guys. Come back after the break. Know the scene. Welcome back to Know the Scene with special guest today, Christopher James Lees, um, resident conductor of the Charlotte Symphony, having some wonderful conversation. I got, I got to tell you guys, I, I wish that, um, I wish that, I almost wish that we were doing, we'll have to get Christopher back, first of all, um, but uh, but if we were not coming to you from the past, uh, we would be talking during the break, and if you were watching the show live on YouTube Live or Facebook Live, which you can. Um, we we stream that during the breaks, nice. so like people would still be hearing our conversation. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff that's com- coming out during the the during the breaks that uh that we either have to have him come back to talk about or I just told him I'm just gonna have to see if I can take him out for a nice beer sometime, and uh and we'll uh from Lost Worlds Brewing. There you go. They were one of our guests earlier. Those guys. Excellent. Um. So so Christopher, taking it back to where we kind of left off, you mentioned this really vivid memory, or to me it sounded vivid of, yeah. you know, you're hearing your father who was you, you said an amateur pianist. Mm-hmm. What um, sorry, random question. What yeah. kind of piano was it? It was standard upright, like one of the upright ones. Like yeah, we had two. Uh, we had a concert grand. I think it was seven and a half feet oh, in wow. the living room. Wait, and he was an amateur. Wait, to have a concert yeah. grand, like yeah, that's... I think he had more aspirations. Okay, I was gonna like... say like he had to be a. Yeah. I mean, he had to want to play a lot to have a concert grand like that. Yeah, I think he valued music and that's great, and mostly from the sort of sacred traditions. Yeah, but it just meant that the house was full of it all the time. Which that's is so great. cool. Um, and then my drum kit in high school lived in the basement. A percussionist. Was... Yeah, all I think right. it was the the like quad i don't know how to describe it by using all four limbs you got your feet and mm-hmm. your hands and that transferred over to when i was an organist because i was using both feet and both hands so did you start as a child with percussion or did you start with piano which with a piano is a percussion instrument yes, as well that's right? right that's right your um, music teachers would be proud <laughs> i i i had i was i had a music background when i was a kid nice. um but yeah so okay cool so you start you did start with more with like plink, plinking, I guess, maybe like a kid. 
plinking low on piano. Yeah. Awesome. And then like the xylophone, like the kid plastic xylophone. Yeah. You know, that was always, that was sort of the ethos at the time too. And so between those two, I got rhythm and music. Who could ask for anything more? So, uh, Ayo. I like that. <laughs> Anybody? Okay, guys. I tell you what, um, comment on when this, when this airs, comment on the Facebook feed with what that just came from. Cause that was a reference. That's right. Um, so then, so then did you, I mean, did you, did your parents put you into music lessons when you were a kid? Did you kind of do that thing? Yeah, uh, there was a teacher down the street named Carolyn Aldi, and she was at the end of the cul-de-sac. And so when my dad realized it probably wasn't best to wear two hats, yeah. parent and music teacher, yeah. we walked down the street, and, and uh, she was my first teacher. She passed from cancer, I think, when I was 10. Mm. Um, but uh, she got me on the journey and got me in the rigors of practice and in the discipline of doing... I pra- practiced an hour of piano every day before school, so Good I was up at 5.30 playing for 60 minutes and then getting ready and going to elementary school. Which was, wow. Which as an elementary school. As, yeah, which is a little intense now that I yeah. think about it. And as a dad, I think, you know, I'm not sure. That's, that's not exactly Was that your I dad kind of like pushing you to do that? Or did you just naturally be like, no, I got to practice piano? No, he had high standards and, and a great work ethic. And okay. I wanted to match that. Nice. Um, and then I got good really fast because the skill compounds over time. And when that's you right. start that early, that's right. um, you get... You get pretty good pretty quick. So yeah. stuck with that, branched out to a bunch of other things and, and both musically and non-musically. And it was um, it wasn't really until I had to figure out like what was I gonna do for college that I sort of discovered you could do music as a major in college. Right, right. You yeah. don't have to study history or literature. My brother was an English major. Like you didn't have to go a liberal arts route. You could actually be a performance major, right. which blew my mind right. at the time. I was like, wait. I, yeah, I want to make it, I want to be marketable as a musician, but like, how does, how does this actually work? And so it was, it was special. It was cool. So when you, sorry, cause I want to, I love that. Um, when you had that moment, I'm assuming you're like a high school age, mm-hmm. maybe, right? Cause you're thinking about college. You have yeah. the aha of, wait, I can major in music performance. Yeah. Were you at that point? You would, you know, I'm, I'm going to lead some things. Please. So, so, so you would, you know, you'd, you'd been practicing an hour, you know, as a kid, you're practicing an hour a day as an elementary schooler. Yeah. I'm assuming by high school, you have perhaps your first chair of your <laughs> concert band or orchestra, depending on what you had in high school, yeah. question mark. Yeah. I was in the chorus, uh, oh, chorus. The jazz ensemble as a okay. pianist. The orchestra program was too small at my school to. Yeah. We didn't have one at mine. We just had band. Yeah. That's right. right. I went to Rowan County. You know, yeah, we just had band. Yeah, and you can't march with a keyboard. <laughs> right. Yeah. So okay. So you're. So did you have, like, because I'm trying to help. You know, people that are listening and stuff. Like, I love like putting these things together. Like, so so you're you know you're in high school. You're you're playing jazz, mm-hmm. and helping the chorus mm-hmm. or playing with the chorus as well, piano. Yeah. Like, were you doing things like? Uh, you know, all state band and and a programs like governor school or things like that. Did you have any of those experiences? Yeah, so we would do um, I think biannual or or twice a year. Maybe is that biennial? Biennial sounds biannual. right. Sure. Yeah, twice a year we do piano competitions up at the Peabody Conservatory in oh. Baltimore. Oh. Um, and that was sort of my solo outlet. Schools were my ensemble outlet, getting to be in the community of other musicians. Yeah. And I was always the singer, so I did all state chorus, a vocalist as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then, but I really think uh, when I was 15, I transferred over to the church organ. So it was actually through the Lutheran church I was growing up in that I got a wider and wider audience. Yeah, yeah. And felt louder and louder with the, with the organ. With the organ. <laughs> yeah, which I think makes sense 
sort of translating over to the orchestra because then it's just bigger and grander, more and more people, the community playing for audiences and feeling that people were having a shared moment in time yeah, through yeah. the experience of music that I was playing. Yeah. Um, so I was actually working in a church by the time I turned 16. Wow. And so I was I was a professional before I was a student to become a professional. That is so cool, man. <laughs> yeah, which is sort of a unique journey. I realized that's not for everybody, but it was the path that was sort of laid before me. And then then when I realized that I could get a degree in it and sort of learn how to do it well, because I was I had a teacher, but I was sort of making a lot of it up sure. as I went along. Sure. Well, it, it, as a teenager, it makes sense. Exactly. Um, I was like, all right, I'll go away and then I'll come home and I'll do it right. Nice. So, so sorry, I have so many things. This is so great. This like, is why so, we need to get a beer. Right? I, we, we do, because like I have so many, like, yeah, I, I could sit here and just tap for hours you because my mind goes in all these different ways. Yeah. So like, so the, tra- I want to ask a silly question. So the transition from piano to organ, mm-hmm. one might think, <laughs> ah, they both got keys. Yeah. Just the same thing, whatever. N- not true. Yeah. Like I, and I can at least know that just because I remember my grandma when I was growing <laughs> up had one of those like you know one up uh, not a true like church organ but one of those yeah. i don't know what they are like the ones you'd have and you could have in your house yeah that's right my grandparents right? had one too the, the two that you got keyboards. your top keys and your bottom keys and mm-hmm. your foot pedals mm-hmm. And it's like a whole, and as a kid, I just specifically have these memories of like, just like, boop, 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 play, you know, playing things and didn't know what I was doing. But so the trans, what was that a, was that a, uh, uh, like how much of a transition is that to go from piano to like when you learn, like once you learn it, you know it. Yeah. But is that tough? Yeah. It's, it's the difference between black and white. Yes. And technicolor. Yes. Because right now in my job as a conductor, I have, I might have the strings play one thing and the oboe plays a solo line or the trumpet plays a solo yeah. line. And as an organist, you can do that with your hands and your feet. Yeah. Your feet become the double bass section, the tuba, the bassoon, those low resonating instruments, your left hand becomes the accompaniment and then you solo out with oh the right hand. Oh my gosh, hand. it's crazy. So I'm doing the jobs of what I do now. It's like 25 different people. You're, you're, you're like Dick Van Dyke <laughs> in... <laughs> <laughs> in Mary Poppins with his, with his, he's clinking his, you know. Yeah, he you know, does the, it all. Yeah. And the cymbals and <laughs> yes, the bass right. drum. Yeah, he's a one-man band. I love that. Yeah. That is, wow. Well, dude, that's so cool. And I, you know, and I appreciate that. So, and I wanted to ask that on purpose because I think I really like to have, help maybe people think about like what goes into this. Yeah. Like what goes into this. Yeah. You know, like. The arts and and what people do, it's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's 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 a lot of discipline. It's multi. It's it's magic in a way. It is. I mean, what you just described to me is is magic. And I've been a mus- I mean, I, I used to be. I have. I don't play anymore. Yeah. One day I'll pick it back up. But yeah. like, but I mean, I used to play trumpet when I was in high school, and it was like I almost went to school for trumpet to mm-hmm. UNCG. Oh, cool. Um, and like that kind of stuff. But I had never. Never got to that point where like I was even as even when I would pluck around on drums, I'm the simple doom doom that doom 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 that doom doom that you know like you tell me to start doing different rhythm on my foot to what's going on in my hands and I've never been that guy. Yeah. Right. Um. So it's amazing like to hear you describe, you know, everything that's going on with that organ. Right. So sorry, we're we're digressing. So how did you pick Michigan? Big school. You just want to go to a big school because you didn't go conservatory. No, that's right. And I because that's something I wanted to ask about. Like, yeah. so you've got that talent. Yeah, like why not go to conservatory? Yeah, I auditioned a couple, and just the vibe in Ann Arbor was sure. so strong. Okay, and 
And the Oregon teachers I met with were really great. And it also had that program where you could become a teaching certified nice. person. So it felt like a practical decision also. Mm -hmm. What I didn't realize at the time until I got there was that I was the first person to actually graduate from that program. So they invented this thing. Wow. And I got to walk through the door first. Dude, a trendsetter. <laughs> like you are breaking barriers day I'm, one. I love this. I'm not sure that many organists would be called trendsetters, but <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, yeah, and my freshman, my brother went to a, a small school in Northfield, Minnesota, St. Olaf College. And so my freshman year dorm was bigger than his entire school. And that, as a second born, that felt really good. <laughs> I felt like, okay, I've, I've made it to, you know, a thing. But my dad has always told me, he's like, you always wanted to be the big fish in the big pond. Interesting. Big fish in a small pond wasn't going to work. Small fish in a big pond definitely wasn't going to work. Yeah. So when when I got to go to Lincoln Center and my son is there and my father, oh, you know, that gosh, felt man. like what is that even pond. like? What is that even like? Like Just what like, is that even like? I would say imagine something that you dream before you realized what the world was like, like the the kind of friction that sometimes you have to work against wow. in order to make your dreams come true yeah. and then imagine it happening anyway. Wow. And that was that was the dream. I was in Avery Fisher Hall as a master student and being like this is how I know that my life is amazing is if I get to conduct right here. And 20 years later, I'm on that stage and wow. my son is watching one of the biggest stages in the world. And what wow. a gift. What a gift. No kidding. Wow. Huge. I would lose it. <laughs> like, I, I would lose it. I would lose it. All right. Well, I want to talk more about that. I want to talk more about your experience at Lincoln Center. I want to come to how you got to Charlotte. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about what's going on here, what the symphony's doing, and much more. More Know the Scene, Christopher James Lee's After the Break. We're back. Know the scene. Um, back. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, by the way, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, and uh, if you're listening live on the radio or if you're perhaps watching or listening on Facebook Live or YouTube Live, uh, also, uh, if you're listening, uh, if, if you can't listen to the actual show live, uh, please know that you can listen afterward on Apple Podcasts. So open up your phone, um, go to your podcast app, search WSIC Know the Scene, and smash that subscribe button. <laughs> I'm sorry, I always like... <laughs> but no, seriously, do, do, do subscribe. Um, and, or hit the follow button or whatever it is you know, um, that you do so that that way you, know, you don't even have to stress if you miss it live because what will happen is you'll... All of a sudden, get that ding on your phone that says new episode of Know the Scene, and then you'll get to listen. You can also listen to past episodes of guests we've had, too, and, and get caught up. You know, I'm really happy with what uh, the, the, the kind of people we're getting to talk to here and awesome people like Christopher um, and, and everybody here. So, all right, well, let's jump back in. We left off and was just – Christopher did a great job of just – like, I had to ask him. I mean, dude, Lincoln Center, that's, that's, that's amazing. So, like, you know, he was describing that feeling um, – and so, and so, you know, so you do, by the way, did you, um, when you're at Michigan, mm -hmm. did you play in, I had to ask, did you play in like the, the marching band as well? 
Did you do that thing? I did not play in the marching band. Okay. But I, my story about the march, I knew all the band guys, you know, roommates and also musicians and then the directors too, because it's a small, you know, smallish campus. Um, but I spent two stints at Michigan, once as a student and once as faculty. I actually oh, cool. went back and taught. And when I was faculty, I got invited by the marching band director to conduct the anthem before. It was one of the gimme games. It wasn't Dude, but, a conference Okay, game, so that's a big deal that, too. Like was, for a... Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. I got texts from friends literally all over the world watching on the Big Ten Network, and they said, they said your name on TV. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was this big thing, and it was only, you know, 90 seconds of music. But, but that's... It dude, was another dream come true. That's, I was like, that's just as big girl. as Jazz at Lincoln Center in some ways, <laughs> to some people. Yeah. Like, to some, to, like, big hardcore Michigan fans. Like, that's they're right. like... That's amazing. Performed for more people in those 90 seconds than the previous 10 years combined. <laughs> That's the right. scale of what we're talking about. That's cool. Well, congrats. Yeah. That, and true as, and as, and as, to come back after being an undergrad there, that's got to be a cool, like, magical thing. It was great. I jokingly referred to it when I when I told my parents I was going. I was like, I'm going to earn back all my tuition. There and, you go. There you go. And also contribute because my experience there was so formative and so impactful yes. and so fun that to be able to share that with the next generation of musicians right? and people that are going to, that I'm going to see in the field. And I have, yeah. um, to be able to be with them during that part of their education and then connect with them ever since they graduated. Like it's been, that too is a gift. It was amazing. So, so you conducted that though. Uh, I conducted on faculty. a piece, a yeah. piece. Yes. So, so what's the switch to, cause you know, we're talking piano, we're talking organ, and then we jumped to conducting. Yeah. So at what point does something either click in you or what does that journey look like to, to conduct? Yeah. That's a different... Different skill set. Different skill set completely. Yeah. And as a non-string player... Like that, that's seeing the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And entering in... Right. I mean, like, like... This is what I'm going to do, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, download the Kung Fu app. That's right. Like, I mean, like, I, I imagine... Like, this just it's my thing with conductors. Not, I've, I agree. Like, I, there's even... When I was a kid and used to... I always used to think, man, it's to be cool to be a conductor. Because, like... Yeah. But then I would watch them work. And you guys are looking at... I mean, you've got the whole piece in front of you. Yeah. The whole piece. Yeah. And all the the lines of all the instruments, and you've I mean, you've got to be Neo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? I mean, you've got to see the matrix mm -hmm. of that piece yeah. to know when something's supposed to come out or go up or go down or or what, right? Yeah. Choose your analogy. It's sorry, like, I like no, that's totally true. It is sort of magical how it all happens, and it also relies so much on the expertise of the musicians in the room to understand because it's seeing the matrix, but then it's also like being a tour guide in time. Yeah. So as the matrix changes, depending on yeah. what's, the what's dynamics. important. Yeah, like who comes in, who leaves, who's most important, who's less important. What's something that should be of equal importance and is that how it's sounding in the room in the moment? Wow. You know, it's a, it's a highly multitasking sort of experience because you're also, at the same time you're moving through time, you're like present with the musicians in the moment, you're thinking about what's just happened and you're anticipating what's coming down the line in yeah. a measure or a minute or an hour. Right. And so you're living in three time zones simultaneously. Wow. It's a little bit, you know, more like total recall than uh There than you the go. Nature. Okay. But, I'm with that. But it's but it's fun, you know, I love it. I can't imagine doing anything else. So if am I hearing that there's a time when you maybe conducting a piece in a different room mm -hmm. that you may need to now make sure that you're also aware of that room 
and conducting a piece in a, the same piece in a different room could impact how you're going to conduct that piece based on what you're hearing in the room. Absolutely. 100%. Like, because the rooms, everyone's going to sound different, right? That's right. So all of a sudden, a thing that may have been in this room, I needed the, 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 you know, trumpet section or this to be more in this room. I'm like, no, 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 trumpet section down in this room. That's right. Wow. That's right. And, and the same is true for like lengths of notes and how much you drift and how much sound you fill into the room versus how much sound the room creates acoustically for you. So you might, if it's a very resonant room, you might play shorter because the room will make it sound longer. But if it's a slightly less resonant room, you might play longer to fill more sound because as soon as the sound stops, there's not not as much reverberation for the audience. And our job is to create moments of beauty. And you can only do that if you're working with sort of the 12th man, right, is the room itself. It's a part of the performance, it's a part of the audience experience, and it's a part of the orchestra, Wow, wherever that orchestra goes. So, you know, when we come to the Kane Center, I kind of wanted to ask, we've only played once, so I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I'm like, have you heard things about the room there yet? Well, what was so great about coming last Mother's Day and what's going to be really fun bringing our movie concert in on Saturday the 14th is like, we get to create um, an experience for the audience that is completely exclusive to that audience and that room and that time. It's, It's a simply must not miss because even if we recorded it, even if we broadcast it, it's not the same as being in the room where it happens. And that's something that we adjust based on which room we're in. Yeah. If we're in a church that has high ceilings or in the Kane Center, which f- actually the the experience of performing in the Kane Center requires incredible focus and attentiveness on stage. And that is a real, um, that's a real gift to us. And I think it's a gift to the audience because there's an immediacy to the sound. There's an, a, a sort of, um, not spontaneous, but there's an instantaneous uh, distance between the creation and the experience of it in the, in the seats. And that's, that's a unique room and that's a unique experience to be able to offer people. So it's one of the reasons it's great to have a performing arts center in Cornelius and especially the Kane center specifically is because you're creating value and, and experiences for people that they literally cannot experience anywhere else. Even if they were to drive up the highway or down the highway. Right. Dude, that's a, a I want to real quickly say we have not paid Christopher anything to say any of that. <laughs> no, that's I true. promise you. He literally just made it up on the spot. That was amazing. But, but thank you. Dude, that's so that's so neat to hear. Like I, like that's just so neat to hear. Like all those pieces of it. And again, like I like I just love it, man. I love I love getting to like break that down and get back to the magic of again, that that that's magic, man. That's but it's yeah. it's 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 such a skill. Like it's a skill too, right? Yeah. So like it's interesting. Someone gave me um someone one of the feedback things I heard um from one of our people who 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 is familiar with some people that that play in the symphony when they played the Kane Center and Mother's Day was that like some of the musicians were like, Oh, they can hear everything. Yeah. And like we as musicians, like we can hear everything. Yeah. Which I guess is not always so much of a thing. Like like that like the musicians were saying, Oh, we can hear everything we do. Yeah. And like, like, so if I make a mistake, it's like right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, interesting. Huh? Like I, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, not, not that they're making mistakes, just that like, no, that's right. Interesting to think that like the room is like that. Like, it's like everyone can hear everything right. Like you said, right in that moment. Right. It's instantaneous. Wow. And that's, and that's true. Like I said, on stage and in the house. And it's not that one type of acoustic is better or worse no, yeah. than the other. 
it's that it you know any more than red and blue and green and purple are somehow hierarchical. Right, They're just, yeah. you know, it depends just on preference and on where you are in the moment. And so part of being a professional is being able to walk into any space. Because we right. went into the Kane Center without rehearsal. That's right. We, that's re right. we prepared that's right. it in a different room. And it was a brand new room and a brand new place. You <laughs> guys everybody. had never, you were the first time an orchestra had played there. So it's mm -hmm. not like anyone can even say, hey, normally when orchestras play here, they do this. Yeah, that's right. No, there's none of that. Yeah, it, it was so fresh. And that's what made it so exciting. But part of our jobs as professionals is walking in day one, first time, and from the opening notes, being able to adjust based on how much yeah. room we're, or how much um, resonance we're hearing, how much reverberation we're hearing. And that's why the Charlotte Symphony musicians are some of the best in the country is because yeah. they can move and they can adjust. And then it, I remember that program so fondly. It went awesome. so well, it was really special and it was a gift to the community. And like, it was just great that it was an option for people to have as a gift to their mothers and, yeah. you know, and for mothers. And so it was, it was cool. It was a really great experience. I'm so glad it's there. Yes. Yes. And we do. We're, we're grateful to have you, you all coming and we're grateful to have, you know, one of our strategies when we conceptualized the center and designed the center was, was to, to be a place for, to help extend mm -hmm. opportunities for arts exposure, community arts, you know, visual and performing and everything um, to audiences here. But also we know that there are audiences here that like they're not quite comfortable driving into Charlotte anymore, right? right? Or they just don't, they just can't always get get down there, right? So it was like giving an opportunity to see the Charlotte Symphony here closer to home. And frankly, also helping the symphony get another place to play. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, we all know it's a business side of things too. So like, hey, put a couple extra shows on your books, guys. <laughs> like this, you know, that, that'd be great. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's been something that's been really cool to see happen. Um, we're going to go to one more break. We're going to have one more section to come back. Gosh, there's not enough time to cover everything. But we come back one last section with Christopher James Lees from the Charlotte Symphony after the break. Know the scene, everybody. I'll steer us. You know? That's all. All right, we're back. Know the scene. Our final segment of of today on Tuesday. Um, a reminder um, for everyone before we jump back into it with Christopher. Um, so again, this Friday, if you're a comedy fan, um, sorry, but Jeff Allen is sold out. Uh, but uh, you can get tickets for when he comes back in the spring. Uh, but this Saturday, make sure if you do not have your tickets back, if you, uh, yet, if you do not have your tickets yet, please get your tickets to see the Charlotte Symphony this Saturday, October the 14th. Um, it is a 2 p.m. afternoon show, so you don't got to worry about a late night, guys, if you're worried about that kind of thing. It also, um, and we can transition this a little bit so Christopher can talk about the, um, the show, but I'm going to say that I'm actually going to bring my um, five-year-old to her first ever like first ever symphony experience because I think that this is like a friendly show. Now there's not non-friendly shows. Don't want to, I don't want to say that. Like I'm just for my, for my daughter though, being five. Yeah. Right. I feel like this will be a great, a great show for her to get to come out for the time of day as well is excellent. Yeah, exactly. And it's, there are, there, there aren't any, um, 
like scary shows for orchestras. Right, Although right, some sure. people hear symphony orchestra and they immediately start to tense up. I know, like, I know. It's I, not I, for me, talk, talk like about that because I always like to use this show to break to kind of break that barrier a little bit. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think it's an undeserved reputation writ sure. large, but I think the way that the Charlotte Symphony is working right now, and certainly the style that I bring to the orchestra, is one where everybody feels universal access. Yeah. That not only in what we play, but in how we present, and in this case, where we present, yeah. and what time we present, there's a way to be connected with the live music experience that can really appeal to everybody. And so this yeah. program is all about movie music. This yes. Is, this is a this is an area where uh, the orchestra contributes to storytelling. We sort of imagine the characters singing along as we're playing yeah. and and we imagine the scenes and it also brings people together the way that, you know, when you play a movie on movie night with pizza and you've got your um, your beverage in hand and you're just like the family's all together listening to the music from these programs from yeah. these movies helps experience helps create that experience for folks too yeah and so you know people can come in and immediately identify with what we're playing yes i talk between the pieces to sort of set up the listening environment so yeah. people are ready if we're playing you know uh richard rogers who wrote sound of music and carousel and all in oklahoma all these great tunes or we're introducing harry potter yes that, that you're you're prepared the way a, a great waiter might come and describe a meal coming at the table it's yeah. like okay this is what you're going to experience these next four minutes yeah. and this is you can imagine the sweep you can imagine the magic you can imagine the space you can imagine these sorts of things and that way everybody is having their own unique listening experience but you know the symphony orchestra is still the symphony orchestra and whether or not we're playing beethoven in uptown or movie music in cornelius like it's all great stuff and yeah. there's something for everybody yes i love that man i appreciate you like running through that for folks um and, and I'm, yeah, I'm excited for it too. Like when I saw the program, I was really excited. Not gonna lie, I, I geeked out a little bit because my wife is a huge Harry Potter fan. Excellent. Right, a huge Harry Potter fan. And she loves, we both like symphonic music. We yeah. don't go to symphony as much as we should. I admit that, sorry, like mea culpa. <laughs> um, but, but, but when she saw that, like, it, because you don't, I feel like for some folks and I, you know, for folks that are out there, I mean, seriously, this is, if, if you've been intimidated by the idea of a symphonic or orchestral show, dude, this is the, this, this is your in. Yeah. Like this is your in, like come, because think about these, these, when you've seen a movie or especially any of these movies and those, you know, those, there's just, um, absolute iconic, yeah. right. Iconic things like the, you know, the, 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 just the two, the two notes from Jaws, right? The, exactly. I know you guys are doing Jaws, right? Yeah. The two notes from Jaws, right? Or the Harry, you know, do, 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 do. Like it just comes, right? And it's one thing to hear it in a movie theater. It's one thing to hear it on your, you know, even your surround sound at home. It's another thing to feel it in a theater done by live musicians. That's right. Like the power that will come at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't wait. It's momentous. Like, I get goosebumps, like, thinking about <laughs> it. Like, I just, no, I'm excited. Because, like, it's just the power yeah. of, and the energy and the vibrations, like, just that come when you're with a symphonic 
and a full orchestra is just it's it's phenomenal. It's true, and that's true for any live music. That's yes, true for yes. for country, for pop, for acoustic, for songs, for piano, for uh, chorus, all of it, any genre. But particularly when you get the orchestra on stage, because if you look at the string players, like when they're drawing their bows across the strings, the strings are vibrating. Yes. To your point. And so sound in any room is just vibrations traveling through yes. the air. But then think about like, where do they go? Right. They go absorbed into us. your body. They're, we are phys- We are a physical impact art form. Yes. And because it's sound, we think it's somehow ephemeral or intangible. Yeah. And it's not. It's, it's not. actually co- quite concrete, which is why even if you've got a great sound system at home, even if you go to the the Dolby movie theaters yes. to experience the full film, it's not the same as being in the room when the the music is being played, and the genius of the composer is being linked up with your imagination and you're being physically contacted you know it's a visceral palpable feeling to be in the room to to experience the terror of those two notes of jaws or the the flying sweep of quidditch you know harry potter and and it's something so special you you never want to miss an opportunity to be in the room because that is just it it shows so much um of a commitment to yourself to have that experience. And do you guys, I'm going to, um, and I'm just asking the question, when you all play at the Belk, mm-hmm. are you reinforced at all? Nope. Okay, so no reinforcement there either. Nope. Cool, okay, yeah, so I was going to say, I know we don't, at the Kane Center with you guys in there, like there's no reinforcement. Yeah. Like there's no, because like you mentioned the band, and I agree, yes, band and the vibration, but even then, with the bands that we have, I mean, they're coming through microphones and going through systems and, you know, the sound's coming out of speakers and this True. and this and that. When the symphony plays, there's none of that. It's you unfiltered. are getting the unfiltered, the the UFO, <laughs> the unfiltered <laughs> offering of the unfiltered orchestra. There you go. Right? There You're you getting go. you are getting that like which I just think again is is really is really special, you yeah. know. So so yeah, so don't mix it folks. Don't don't miss it this weekend. Come come and uh come and be a part of it and we'll go ahead and spoiler you too. The symphony's going to come back in the spring. So but a different program. I'm not sure if we know that program yet, but that's not important for today. We'll have you come back and talk about that one when the spring comes. Um, but seriously, what a great, what a great show it's going to be, um, with that. So, uh, so I want to come back to what, sorry, one thing I was thinking. So am I wrong in, in kind of saying that what Beethoven and, and some of those classic conductors were to those eras, Mm -hmm. would you say that like, movie conductors and they're not just movie conductors they do a lot more than that too i know but you know john williams you know uh these these conductors would you say that but because of the impact to i guess the masses as a whole yeah right would you almost like say there's kind of similarities there in that way absolutely i think um popular culture used to be the canon right of classical music yes um, and then things split around the beginning of the 20th century and started to, you know, there was sort of a popular music genre exploration and explosion and then sort of classical art form stayed on another side. But that's why like grand opera was the movie theater of the 18 and 1900s right. you know, or 18th and 19th centuries. And so when you get somebody like John Williams, who's a great composer and somebody who's written for so many films and has 
an international reach over decades. That is a very easy parallel to Beethoven, Mozart, Tchaikovsky, like any of the core classic composers, because he found the connection into a popular art form, which are movies. Yes. And so yeah. since cinema developed and it was wisely pointed out that, I mean, even before there were talking microphones, there was music yes. to tell the story because they know that a scary scene, like the scene on the film changes based on what kind of music you have underneath it. You know, you have the yes. Imperial yes. March and you oh, hear Darth uh, Vader. Right. That makes yes. sense. If you heard, you know, Sunshine and Lollipops while Darth Vader was walking through, it didn't Doesn't quite, quite jive up, right. you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the experience where then you take, for what we do, you take away the screen, you continue to play the music, right. and then people bring their own experiences yes. of the movies to the experience of the music, and it becomes this interesting hybrid synthesis that you can't get on a two-dimensional screen, well, you can't get on a on a projection. You bring up a good point, too, because there's, there's a different experience. So I know you guys do the shows at times when people like you you project the movie while you play yeah. soundtracks right like through yeah. and i'm interested in, i want to go see one of those one day um but to me too part of that what's cool is is i mean not yes that's cool but also with this now we since we don't have the movie playing one of the fun things to watch is watching the musicians themselves yeah. like watching it's different too to feel the music but now i'm watching literally the musicians play so all right we're we're, we're, we're running out of time we're running out of time i'm so sorry it's just so much fun to have you here honestly like it's been really great i really appreciate you taking your time to come up here today we're excited to have you um this saturday night guys this saturday night canearts.org get those tickets for the charlotte symphony with their movie movie soundtrack show all right christopher james lee thank you so much thank you so much it's been a pleasure Can't all wait. right see you guys next week on know the scene